listeners, thanks for checking out today's episode. The podcast is currently on summer break, but we are re-releasing a season we did three years ago on the Enneagram Personality Test. We encourage you to check out the book, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, as we use that book for our discussion. If you have any questions about these episodes, we'd love you to email us at hello at wearefaithchurch.com. Be on the lookout for our new season this fall and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to Faith Church's very first ever podcast. Mm. It's good to be here. We have Evan, myself, that's me. Yeah. And Nate. Yep. And we're going to start off by going through the entire church, judging who's a one Ooh. or not first, Ooh. right? Oh, no, I Hello, like that. Well, this is yeah. Allison, and I don't want anyone to be judged <laughs> whatsoever. But we can no, probably point them out. Yeah, they're easy to spot. Yeah. You know, they're the ones walking around, straightening everything. The great thing is, is like they tend to be the ones that are also like picking up the little bit of trash on the floor that other people like myself might be walking past. Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. They notice when things are crooked. Yes. I've found that out firsthand and I try to make <laughs> things more crooked just to have fun. Nice. I like yes. That. And then, then they pick on you because they know <laughs> that this stuff bothers you. And then they try to point out things that are wrong <laughs> and see how you react. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we should probably introduce the female voice. Sure. That is not Pastor Kirk Proctor, our senior leader. Yeah. It Sounds yeah. similar, but not quite. That is not him. Almost there. So today our guest is Allison Koshin, who has been a regular attender of Faith Church for many years. Most recently, she and her husband, Joe, have served at the DeWitt campus at the cafe. Yes. We've been there since the, the church was a second campus. We became a second campus. So... Could you tell us just a little bit about what it has meant to you um, to serve in the cafe area at the DeWitt campus? Oh, I love serving in the cafe because it gives me an opportunity to really meet people and see, get to see people, new people especially, and to welcome them to Faith Church because we're usually the first, I guess say, we can say touch that they, they get, or experience that they get at Faith Church is a welcome through the door, get a cup of coffee and and it's um, it's a it's an honor and a pleasure to be the face of Faith Church um, there in the, the cafe. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually used uh, Allison here at Eastwood too to help us just like um, develop like a training basically for our greeters and ushers uh, that we do about once a year with them. Um, just kind of taking what they, the, the culture, what they do over at DeWitt campus and we use it here and it was because of Allison and what they do there. So pretty awesome. And my, my type, I guess we're going to call it that mm-hmm. really lends itself to hospitality and the cafe area and whatever. So it's easy for me. It isn't a, it isn't a stretch. It's just who I am. It's what I like to do. And it's what, what, the, my cafe team, you know, is all about. We want to, yeah. we want to be welcoming and. And uh, so our, our oneness really helps. I noticed, um, Evan, when you were talking, that we're, we'll have little tangents here, too. We're going to have fun <laughs> on this podcast, just so you know. But I noticed when you were asking a question, Evan, you went to your NPR voice. Um, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to be a soothing time for our It listeners. felt so soothing. I loved it. <laughs> well, you don't often have a conversation with someone with a mic no, face. this is super awkward. So it is really for sure. I'll, I'll be honest with you, people. This was a little awkward for me, <laughs> but I will push through, and my oneness will get me to what I need to do today. 
We'll be yeah. here right on this station. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hold on. Before we jump in, just in case someone like missed the sermon or something sure. on Sunday, give us like a quick like one minute synopsis. Like, what is a one? A one. What is their What is their name? You remember? No, I, I don't. I don't know these things. Because I am prepared. There we go. I have the little card that was given out on Sunday morning. Love it. And the Enneagram for the one is the perfectionist. And we have superpowers. We don't have capes, but we would like them. (laughs) But our superpowers are organization, critical thinking, creating order, finding ways to improve, seeking truth. We're hardworking and dedicated. And our core motivation is to do what is good and right. And the perfectionist reflects God's goodness. And our little in the little square, because I have to read everything on this card. <laughs> That's what ones want to do. Yeah. It says, I am truly known and fully loved. I am loved for who I am, not because of how good I am, but solely because of Jesus. I w- had the opportunity to kind of observe a little bit of you while you were listening to the sermon. And I loved how many times you nodded. Yes, I was nodding the whole time. <laughs> and Judy Gabbard, our, our uh, office um, manager, she said how much fun it was to sit ahead of me in church <laughs> on Sunday because she heard me giggling the whole time. And I was because he was hitting on everything that I, I could understand and I feel. So let's dive a little deeper into that. We have some questions for her. Would you like to start with the first one, Evan? Yeah. Um... What was it like for you when you found out you were a one? When you started diving into the Enneagram, you got placed as a one. What, what was that like? Well, I loved taking the test, and I did. I was given the opportunity to take the test, and it, and it took a long time. But, you know, ones like um, we like details and we like lists, so it was interesting to kind of, like, take that test. It satisfied something inside of me that, that was like, oh, this is fun. This mm-hmm. is a test. Let's do this. But finding out that I was one, it wasn't a surprise. I knew that this was me. I like to, to, I like things to be perfect. I like to strive for perfection. And everything that it told me in the test afterwards or the, um, the results, it answered things that I already knew about myself. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was fun. It was fun to kind of now, now have um, a diagnosis for the disease, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see, when you say fun, you're speaking my language. Yeah. I'm a seven, and fun is my um, expertise, Yes, I should say. Evan's a five. Yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure everybody knows what our numbers are as we talk along, too, because we'll interact with the one, whoever we're interviewing that week, Allison being this week, but then also talk through our numbers as well and, and how they relate. I had a conversation with somebody this morning that said, you know, she, she she's also a one, and we said this is only um, useful um, the Enneagram, um, system, I'll say, if we all try to understand the different numbers. Mm. So if you study the different numbers, that's going to help you with your own number, because if you already know about yourself and you don't know anything about the other ones, it's not going to grow you or improve you. So it's going to be great to go through the whole sermon and, or this, you know, the sermons or the, the, the weeks finding out the different types and how, my oneness can interact with them. Yeah. So how do you deal with a campus pastor who likes to mess <laughs> or tease? I mean, we all know the DeWitt campus pastor is Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I found that out last Sunday. But um, it's funny for m- me personally, my, my dad was, um, he had four daughters and he was 
a terrible tease to every single one of us. I'm not a terrible tease. Oh, well, you're not terrible, but (laughs) I had training with a terrible tease. And he would tease and poke at us and uh, make us, you know, just extremely uncomfortable, do things and say things just to embarrass us and Mm. tease us. So... I got I've got calluses now and I think I can I can pretty much handle something that is is uncomfortable and just kind of just let it go. So for you what's it like being a one? Well, I I um had these questions ahead of time because that's a one. Mm-hmm. I had to have know what was going to be asked of me so I could kind of prepare because ones need to have the details. Yeah. So I thought, well, how can I explain one uh so people can understand. So I thought I'd just give you my oneness in this moment and leading up to this podcast. And I, I have notes. Everyone out there, you'll have to understand that ones have to have details and notes, and, and, it, and it helps me um, clear my mind. But um, just a little bit of what it's like to be a perfectionist. And in this present moment leading up to it, I had to be prepared. I had to have the, the questions. I started thinking about this two weeks ago, and I had to mill this over in my mind. I had to play it out. I had to know what was going to happen. I had to get comfortable with that. And then um, coming into the building or at home, I noticed at least five or six things that could be improved wow. upon or we fixed or straightened. Or, just five or six? Oh, just five or six. That's Ooh, at yeah. least the yeah, ones okay. that I was, I was paying say, attention to. I'm aware of like <laughs> 72 maybe. Well, good, because that's good. That makes me feel good all right and then um (laughs) i i want all my answers today to be right Mm -hmm. and i know that they're not going to be right and i want them to be right in in that um i want my whatever being said today to be helpful to somebody or to to um have a good outcome for for um this podcast so i want things to be right and um and so I guess the way, best way to explain oneness maybe in a more modern culture is to be, it's almost as if I have five different programs running in the background all the time. Like, and um, then I have the, the current program that I'm working on. So things are happening in my background all the time, in my mind. And um, it's, it's like I'm hyper aware all the time of things going on around me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard to be in the moment because I, I could look at and say, oh, okay, those pictures on the wall, they're not straight, but I'm talking to Nate right now. <laughs> um, it's just a hyper awareness mm-hmm. of so many things going on all at once. And you have to kind of like push through and be, be present in the moment Some things don't matter, Allison. Some things that doesn't matter. Just focus, focus. I talk to myself a lot. Just, just make it matter. Make things. um, Just calm yourself down and focus on what's happening right now, and leave that other stuff in the background. So that's kind of like what it's to be a one, just on a daily basis. So those pictures, you would want them equal. I might want them equal. I'm looking at two pictures across the wall above Evan's head right now, <laughs> and they're just so ever so slightly displeasingly not. <laughs> what? Evan hung them. I hung them. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong even. with these whatsoever. See? Now, this is, we're going to de- <laughs> oh, delve man. into oneness and see that could seem critical, but it isn't, it is not meant to be critical. So, so you talk about being like hyper focused on the details, yes. things that could be, uh, you know, more excellent. 
placed better, put yes. in the right position. Um, yeah. Do you ever find yourself able to hyper-focus on like a good thing, a, a positive, like, man, that looks really good there. Or, oh, or is it always critique? No, it's not always critique. Okay. And um, it's, there's, there's an, uh, there's something within me that, you know, um, order is pleasing details that get checked off. That's pleasing. You know, those, those things are pleasing, but you know, I can also detach myself from things that, um, it, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's come with maturity in my life, mm. that some things just don't matter. It's not meant to expand the kingdom of God and it's not worth mentioning and it, it isn't going to be helpful. So I've learned how to shut off things that are going to be um, negatively critical because um, I don't like receiving criticism and I definitely do not want to give criticism mm-hmm. where, when it's not helpful and it's not, um, we're not, not uh, getting a good, you know, if we're trying to get to a good outcome, I will give my input, but in a way that's, that's productive. So um, how do you see the evil one attacking you as a, a one? How, how does he use that against you? In my own personal life, because of this, let's say, this, this hyper-awareness or whatever, I can get distracted easily because there's so many things going on at once, you know, so many things that could be done, so many things I can be involved in, so much I could be doing, so much stuff around my house that I need to get done or I think that I need to get done. Um, it can take me away from spending time with God and having quiet time with the Lord, reading my Bible, doing Bible study. I have to really focus in on um, being intentional with those things because easily distracted by other um, other things that seem important at the time, but they're, they're not really important. They're just, they just give me that sense of pleasure. Like I've checked off something on the list, you know? So, so the evil one can, um, can distract me. And also what we talked about before, you know, make me hypercritical of things that are not important. And, um, you know, my poor husband sometimes will be at the at my mercy. We need to do this. We need to get this done. We need to do that done. Whatever, and that doesn't build a good relationship if I'm constantly picking or or you know negative or whatever thing. So so it can he can he can use it to to not promote good relationships and not give me time with my maker. Um, what would you say, um, are things that have helped you knowing you're a one and things that kind of have held you back? Well, because I have my notes here, <laughs> I need to look at those just Is there a, a list? second. <laughs> there might be a list. No, there was a list of questions, but let me just turn away for just a second and get my paper. All right. So. How has my oneness or my perfectionism helped me? And I'd say that I'm really good at serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, in the b- b- biblical sense, too, you know, serving like like what the Bible says, to serve one another and to help one another. 
I feel like I'm really good at that because I'm able to organize and get things done and um, be productive. And I, I just feel like like the spiritual gifts can come out a little bit uh, clearer with my um, perfectionism or my oneness. So that I see that it's helped me um, serve others better and be useful in the kingdom of God. Isn't there like an excellence factor for you yes. when you do like step into that perfectionism and you can, you can create excellence. Yes. And it feels good to, to create excellence. And let's say on a Sunday morning at the cafe, I want to create, and it's my ultimate goal to create an excellent experience for someone coming into faith church in the cafe. Um, you know, you want to, I want them to, to interact with people, to meet people, to feel comfortable. And then I want them to go in and hear a great message. And I just want them to leave with a sense of feeling like that was, that was good. And I felt good. And I can see that, um, my oneness or my perfectionism or, or whatever, how I operate, um, fits in well with with doing that at ch- in a church setting and even out you know in in my my everyday life too mm-hmm. I feel like um, I have good relationships with people because i'm I'm wanting to create a sense that they feel good and I feel good so mm-hmm. but how they um, how my type has held me back is that there is there's also a fear factor. You know, because when you're always trying to be excellent and do excellent things, there's that, and the evil one can use that against me too. Um, you know, it's you have this fear of failure sometimes. Well, what if it doesn't turn out? That's bad. Mm-hmm. That won't be good. That won't feel good. They won't feel good. Maybe, um, maybe I could have done that better. Maybe I could have been. Um, you know, I've said something better or done something. So there, there's that that negative thoughts or some of those those uh, self doubt questions that can hold me back from wanting to jump in and do something because I might fail in a way. So I've had to really work past that too. It's the 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 tough inner critic. You know, put that put that down. Don't. Don't focus on negative things, Allison. Just it went well. They were happy. It might not have been perfect, but that's okay. Those are the things that I have to constantly tell myself and work on. So uh, sometimes ones can struggle with patience or even resentment. Is that something that you find true for you? Yes. And especially when I was younger because... I had a temper. I could, you know, easily go off because things were weren't exactly the way that I wanted them to be. You know, my way or the highway kind of attitude, and um, so it's um, patience. I've had to work on that because I've constantly telling myself, "Slow down, be patient, listen to other people." take time to listen because you know that program in the back of my head is always running thinking of things to do to say to be you know whatever I have to be in the moment and focus on a person listening to them and that's 
patience has had to be developed, especially with um, in my marriage it, and then with my children. Oh, my goodness, it was hard to be patient with kids who didn't want a list of things to do or, you know, my oneness being forced upon them because they definitely weren't ones. They were, now that I know about n- these numbers, they were definitely, mm-hmm. you know, one's a seven and the other could be a nine or a one. I don't know. I'll have to research that more. I'd love but, to hear one's a seven. Yeah, cool. one is a seven, definitely. <laughs> the one you wouldn't expect. But uh, the, the um, resentment factor... For ones, we are so good at serving and wanting to do and being, um, wanting to do things excellently. We are the go-to people when being asked to do something. And um, it can be difficult because you kind of resent, why am I always the one that's being asked why, why can't somebody else do it? Those mm-hmm. are some of the things that I have to work on. And um, where's, where are all the other people to help? Can't they see this? Don't they, don't they know this needs to be done? Those are the things that can um, work toward, um, in myself, creating resentment. Mm-hmm. So I have gotten a lot better at saying no to some things because that makes me healthier. If I could, I'd do everything, and I'd do it all the time, and I'd be working, 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 working. It's like Pastor Kirk said. That's our nature. That's what we like to do. That's what I like to do. But I've had to step back from a lot of things and say, no, I can't do that right now, or it's not going to fit into you know, the timing of doing some other things that I'd like to do with excellence. I can do many things poorly, but I'd like to do few things well. So when Kirk talked about how a one's core sin is potentially anger, that, yes. that resonated a bit with you? It did. In my younger years, I don't get as angry now because it's just wasted energy. It really How did is. you overcome that, though? Um, well, Help a one out. Great question, Evan. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's ones listening right now, and they want to know, oh, how yeah. do I overcome this, this anger? This anger? I'll tell you, I shared it with our... Um, lead team group uh, a couple weeks ago when we had our meeting. I work on anger. I talk to myself. Allison, you have to hold your temper. It isn't important. It's not expanding the kingdom of God, these things that you're angry about. But other things that I've done is I exercise a lot. I I work out a lot. I, I feel like those good endorphins that you get when you're exercising, they help me suppress other bad things <laughs> and anger being one of them. Mm-hmm. I just, I just have, I feel, I feel happier when I'm, I've worked out and it benefits me a lot of other ways in my life too. But those are some of the tricks that I've found that, that help me, you know, talking to myself, just being my own voice of reason and, you know, and paying attention. How is, when I'm angry, what results am I getting? I don't get good results. Ones don't like bad results, so why get angry about stuff if you're not going to get a re- good result from it? So, When you talk to yourself, do you talk to yourself out loud in public? No, okay. that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned? But I've all, I have 
talked out loud before and people will say, what, what did, what are you talking? And I'm, I, I'll just have to say, I'm talking to myself. I'm my own best listener. So <laughs> well, I want to respect your time. I have uh, one or two things that I did not have in the plan. Imagine that. I'm so sorry. I but, have one more question too. Great. How about you do there? And then we'll, we'll wrap up. Well, no, you will bounce back and forth. So you do one, I'll do one. I you like do it. one. I like it a lot. Right. Okay. So the first thing is she's hating this though. Oh, right no, now. I'm not. I'm like, is okay, a there's a plan. Yeah. I know the <laughs> I know. plan. They, they've already said they're going to ask two questions. I am not questions. prepared for this. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to just go a little deeper. Yes. And in, um, just understanding your number, there's also another factor, and that is knowing where you go when you're stressed and yes. knowing where you go when you're healthy. Yes. So out of curiosity, what are those numbers for you, where you go when you're healthy and when you're stressed? I'm still getting to know the numbers, so I'm not sure where what number I would fit into when I'm stressed or... We can look it up as it like what the book suggests, but yes. I was just curious if you've seen that or if you've done any kind of I haven't, thinking through that. I haven't really gone into okay. the the healthy and the stressed. Um, just so people know, each number has a healthy number that we gravitate towards. Yes. And uh, when we're healthy and then when we're stressed, we also gravitate. Do you have that? Yeah. So when a one is healthy, they go to a seven. Have fun. I, I get that then. <laughs> I can I right? love having you being a seven, when you're stressed, you go to a one. Oh, correct? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So then it's the opposite. So when a one is healthy, they go to a seven. They love fun. They love enthusiasm. I'm shaking my head right now. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love to have fun. And and uh I have to fight sometimes against my oneness to be in the moment and have fun because mm-hmm. if I'm at a party I'll be looking around, well, this needs to be done or that needs to be done. And I just need to like relax and and just have have fun mm-hmm. at and and enjoy the moment. I have a hard time with that sometimes. But yes, I do go when I'm healthy, I do go to a seven. I I would say that. Okay. So on this chart, this one's interesting to me because mm-hmm. I had never thought about this for a one or really I don't know, try to understand what this is like. So when you're stressed, according to the Enneagram chart, you go to a four, someone who is very creative, but also very emotional, lives in those emotions. Uh, Does that ring for you at all? The only part of the going to a four that rings for me is that my background, I was an art director and I went to, um, I have a degree in, um, in design and advertising. So I go to four because that's just in my nature. I'm a creative person. But I um, I can see where I might get emotional and when I'm really, really stressed. And I, I can see where that portion of the four um, I, could, I could move towards when things are too much for me. And um, my poor husband will say, yes, she is a four when she is stressed. <laughs> so we I do fours. recognize that. And fours can cry over anything. Oh, well. <laughs> Talk well. about both of our worship directors right yes. now. Can't I have, wait to I interview have shed them. tears. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so actually, I just, I just thought of this. So another thing fours love is uh, uniqueness. They love to instead of like just yeah instead mm-hmm. of just borrowing something from someone they love to create, mm-hmm. and so what if and I'm just throwing this out there? Let me yes. know if it's true because doing my own little research right now. My yeah. head. Um, 
you're a perfectionist. And so you look at something, it's stressing you out, and it's almost like, well, if I did it myself, I could do it better. Does that does that sit at all with you? Because that's almost like that for uniqueness. I want to do it. It's original. It's got to be me. Yeah. I operate like that quite often, but I don't think that I think I can do it better. I think I would have done it differently. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. So um, I think that's one of the negative things that I can go to. Well, I can do this better, or I could do, you know, that's totally, it's totally wrong. That's, that's a negative oneness for me. And I don't, I don't like to go there because like I said, it doesn't create a good result. It just, it, it, it creates a negative. So I would say I, I can appreciate because I have been in a creative field that not everything is done my way and I don't think it should be done my way. I love to see other people's takes on things and to appreciate when something has been done in a totally unique way that I would have never thought of. So I can go to that part of the four, you know, I, that's cool. I think, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about that inner voice, the inner critic, just the, the constant inner voice that you have. How do you discern when it's your own voice telling you, you know, this isn't right, this isn't perfect, this isn't the way it should be, versus, you know, God's voice telling you something? How do, how do you discern between the two? You know, a lot of times when I'm working on a project or I'm doing something, I invite the Holy Spirit. Mm. I will say, Lord, inspire me. Holy Spirit, inspire me. I... I am in constant um, conversation when I'm working on a project. I used to do VBS here at the church, and you know that the creative part of that, doing the the sets and things, that's a big undertaking, and you want it done right, or I wanted it done right. And so I would be, Lord, help me, help me think of something, give me, give me this. Um, give me inspiration, help me when I'm shopping too, you know, help me find what I need. And so, you know, when I would hear something, I would know that's the Holy Spirit because I I had already invited that um, conversation between the Holy Spirit and myself or the Lord and myself to, to, um, to get the, get the help that I needed because I know I can't rely on my own strength. And a lot of times, too, I will hear, I know when I'm talking to myself, because it's almost my voice, you know, the way I I think, whatever. But sometimes I hear things. I hear things. (laughs) I do hear things. I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me when I'm at church and something says, go up and speak to that person or say this to that person. And I know that it's not in my nature at that moment to go and do that. I will know that that's the Holy Spirit. And those are those are the kind of things I hear. And I can discern between it. So, Allison, well, this is, well, that's just stupid. You just done something stupid. I know when I've done something stupid. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, the Holy Spirit says, you know, I think that you, you know, you should be working on this. And, and it's going to create a good result. That's when I know. Yeah. The difference. So to put it plainly, it's almost like, you know, the, the God's voice, when you're discerning between the two, God's voice is the one that 
leads to goodness, yes. leads to encouragement, leads yes. to more of his love and grace presence. More towards relationships too. Yeah. Yes, like. building things. That's how you can always test something. Is it from the Lord or is it from is from um, self or from the world? When you when the result is going to be something that gives him glory, then you know that that's from him. That's good. That's good. You got another question? Yeah, I'm ready to wrap up if you are. Yeah. Okay. First, um, I just want to encourage you and let you know, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for being here. These answers are fantastic. They're right. So do not beat yourself up over this. <laughs> do not. She's going to be listening afterwards. to this a, f- a few not, times. Yes. Actually, I probably won't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So just kind of wrap up our time. Um, what, how would you encourage the ones that are listening in or the spouses of ones that has, you know, married to a spouse or um, just know people in their life that, that um, is a one? How, how would you encourage ones? Well, I'll encourage the people that have a one in their lives okay. or have ones that they work with at work or at church or whatever. We aren't trying to be critical. You know, when you hear something from a one and... and um, it's it's a strong suggestion. You can take it for whatever, you know, you, for whatever it's worth or whatever you can handle and know that these people are, and myself in particular, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be critical. Um, if I am, let that go. Uh, but if it's helpful and it's in a uh, good way, you know, uh, that's that's my goal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they can be matter of fact, this, this, the should have, I could be a should person, you know, you should do this, you should do that. I try to avoid using that, that, but, um, don't be discouraged if you have a should kind of person in your life, they're not intending to be, um, difficult. It's just, it's just our nature. We, we have all these things running in our mind and in the back, background, Things that could be better, should be done, might be best to be accomplished right away. Mm-hmm. So have patience with us. And, you know, and then if you need help, go to a one because they, they're they the kind of people that know how to get things done. We have the, we work on the details. We work on these kind of things. And it's, it, it, it can be a good starting point. If you don't know what to do, go to a one. Mm-hmm. I can speak into that. We've helped on so many different occasions. And just even in the moment of having an event or something going on where there's a stress level, yeah. there's so much calmness in the fact that knowing that you are looking at those details um, and the fact that my radar may not be on those details yes. at times, but it's just the fact that there's a calmness to that. Like yeah. There's a confidence that I, I know that you're going to see these things that I'm not, and that I'm so grateful for that. It's, it's been a tremendous blessing. Well, it's great working with people who aren't ones, too, because <laughs> it's stretching me and it's helping me to understand things better and to work better as a team. But um, I have one verse to share with, yeah. with ones or with everyone, and uh, it's Philippians 1, verse 6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. So whether you're one or whether you're up to nine or you share tendencies with ones or whatever, it's, it's, um, it's Christ that's going to complete us and not anyone else. So that's the satisfaction that you're going to get at being a one is that um, 
it's it's all for Christ, and He's the one who's doing the good work in you. It's not Allison's good work; it's Christ's good work. Amen. Awesome. I thought to wrap it up, didn't you have a little song? <laughs> a little ditty? Yeah. <laughs> I left my banjo at home. <laughs> But maybe next time. Okay. Maybe if they join us next week, our listeners right now, I'll, I'll sing something for them. Sing or rap? Uh, sing and rap at the same time. Yeah, this can okay. be awesome. A little bit of beatboxing. I'll do there. it all. No, I'm week. definitely not going to be listening got to this podcast. <laughs> it's got chills. <laughs> well, all thanks. right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Allison. And thanks for everyone tuning in, checking out our first ever podcast. Uh, man, we love you and we're grateful for you. Yeah. Anything else? You got a word you want to leave them? Mm-mm. No. Other than amen. 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 Jesus loves you. Yeah.